0: This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Best Fiends. With so much going on these days, Best Fiends has really become my go-to when I want to relax and unwind, and also have some fun playing with friends and family. And it's become a cool challenge for us seeing who can level up the fastest and collect the most characters. Best Fiends is free to download, and it will never feel like it's getting old because there are literally thousands of levels and new in-game challenges added every month, so it stays fresh. And for all of you out there into solving puzzles and flexing those brain muscles, then you definitely won't be disappointed. It's just a relaxing way to have some fun. With over 100 million downloads and a 5-star rating, it's no wonder Best Fiends has become so popular. Best Fiends has created a whole entire world on your mobile device, and with so many cool levels, the game just keeps on getting better the further along you get. And for those times you don't have Wi-Fi, don't worry about it. You can play the game without Wi-Fi, which comes in handy. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. The following podcast represents the opinions of the host and is for educational purposes. These are not accusations,
1: and everybody is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Due to the graphic nature of this episode,
0: listener discretion is advised. On February 18, 2019, at approximately 7.45 a.m., Colorado Bureau of Investigation Agent Tammy Lee along with FBI Special Agent Graham Coder and Frederick Police Department Detective Dave Baumover arrived at the Dodge Correctional Institution in Wapa, Wisconsin. The purpose for their visit was to interview Christopher Watts concerning the murder of his pregnant wife and two daughters as well as to discuss other individuals who claimed to have had an affair with Watts during his marriage. He was recently transferred from the Weld County Jail in Colorado to the Dodge Correctional Institution because of the endless threats he was receiving from other inmates. They would constantly yell to him, giving him advice on how he could kill himself and what they would do to him if they ever got the chance. It got so bad that any time he would walk down the hallways, the jail would have to lock down all of the other prisoners. And although he never actually saw any other inmates, he could still hear them yelling at him, all day and all night. Everyone in the jail knew him and why he was there. Upon arrival to the prison, the agents were escorted into a large open room, which the staff referred to as the computer room. The room contained empty cubicles with chairs that lined the walls, but no computers. As soon as they sat down, they activated their hidden recording devices, and that's when Watts was brought into the room.
2: Shoot,
3: he's coming.
0: Chris?
3: Chris? Do you remember us? Uh, yes. Yes. Dave? Yes. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> okay. ah, I see it. I I just to see it. A moment there. Good you. Good to Well, let me put some fears aside. Um, you remember um, I talked to you, Tammy talked to you, Dave talked to you. We're all from Colorado. The last time we talked to you, it's a different situation, right? And that's completely different now. So, your pace is completely closed. Okay. okay. Um, but why we are here, so... talking with Tammy and talking with Dave um, I said that it all happened a bit too quick for us right Um, so when we saw you last we were talking and talking and talking and then the next thing you know all of a sudden some patrol officers came in and arrested you Um, and that was far quicker than we had hoped it would happen Um, and you understand why that happened and we understand why that happened but it left us with a thousand questions that we didn't get to ask and then even more importantly, I think it probably left you with a thousand things that you didn't get to talk about with us. I don't know if you feel that way or not, but... Um, and so, that's why we're here today. Um, we wanted to
0: kind of talk to you about it. Since Christopher Watts was convicted of killing his wife, Shanann Watts, and two daughters, Bella and Celeste, there's been a lot of information that's come to the surface. In this season, I'll dive deep into the series of events that rocked the small town of Frederick, Colorado during the summer of 2018. With police body cam footage, hours of interviews, and over 2,000 pages of discovery documents, we'll discover how and why this crime occurred. And with recent developments, we'll look into parts of this crime which still remain unsolved, and the people who remain unpunished. My name is Garrett, and this is The Watts Tapes. Tonight, police issued a missing endangered alert for Shannon Watts and her two daughters. Her husband says she's been missing
1: since-
3: well, oh, and I'm calling because I'm concerned about um, a friend of mine. A lot of you've been very active on Facebook tonight, reposting family pictures and hope that someone
0: out there saw. Something. I just want them back.
4: <laughs> I just, I just want them to come back. If they are safe, they're coming back. But if they're not, this, this, this has got to stop. Like somebody has to come forward.
3: Raw drama in court as the cold-hearted killer who murdered his pregnant wife and two daughters
2: is sentenced. May God have mercy on your soul.
0: Frederick, Colorado is a small town, about a half hour drive from Denver. According to their website, they're a vibrant and growing community along the front range of the Colorado Rocky Mountains that strives to preserve their small town feel and community togetherness as they grow. It's a beautiful place to call home. In the first chapter of this story, we're going to review the events leading up to the morning of August 13th, 2018. At first I thought that's where the story began, a missing mother. A phone call to police from a concerned friend. But I was wrong. After consuming everything that I could related to this case, and everything related to anybody related to this case, I began piecing things together. Among the mountain of documents, interviews, videos, and more interviews that I've been pouring over these past few months, there appeared to be a common theme. Chris Watts was a nice guy. That's what makes this case so interesting. His life with Shanann and their daughters was a dream come true for any American. Life was good. When I originally started researching this podcast, my main goal was to find anything that I could that would explain why this happened. I listened to anything I could and any crazy theory I could find. And every time I got closer to something I could hold on to, I would find something else that said the opposite. The more I looked into it, the deeper the vortex grew. Until I tried a different approach, and suddenly everything started to make perfect sense, at least to me. It wasn't the why I needed to focus on, it was the who. And once I did, I started piecing things together. Shanann Watts documented much of her life, and the lives of her growing family, on Facebook. And it was on Facebook where she would meet Chris Watts. A mutual contact had sent her a Facebook prompt, suggesting Chris as a possible friend.
1: My friend sent me a friend suggestion for him, it was actually his cousin's wife, and um, I deleted it. I was like, I'm not interested, I don't want to meet a guy, Uh, bye-bye.
0: She deleted it. Two months later, she received a diagnosis.
1: And I went through one of the, I would say, darkest times of my life because things just got scarier, um, worse. Um, I thought my life was crumbling underneath me and I didn't know uh, which way to turn.
0: Shanann had lupus. It was also around this time she received a friend request from a stranger.
1: And I got a friend, friend request from Chris on Facebook and I was like, ah, oh, what the heck, I'm never going to meet him. except.
0: A North Carolina resident at the time, she quit her job of nine years and lost a lot of friends.
1: In the part where I gave up on everything, I quit my job, it was kinda temporarily, but kinda quit my job uh, of nine years. I just said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore, I'm you don't, you don't understand me, you don't understand what's going on in my life, and I quit.
0: But it wasn't a match made in heaven from the start, and it was a dark period of Shanann's life, moving from one chapter to the next, as well as dealing with serious health issues. But Chris was determined. He stuck by her, and the two became closer and closer.
1: Well, One thing led to another, and he's the best thing that has ever happened to me.
0: Two years later, on November 3rd, 2012, they were married. Shortly after, in May of 2013, the couple moved to Frederick, Colorado. Where both shenan and chris worked at a ford dealership in longmont and on december 13 2013 the couple welcomed their first daughter bella marie watts into the world it should have been the happiest time of their lives but things weren't as perfect as they seemed it was around this time the couple hit rock bottom financially chris and shenan watts jointly sought chapter 7 bankruptcy protection In June 2015, after amassing more than $70,000 of debt for unpaid credit cards, medical bills, and student loans. In a June 5, 2015 filing with the United States Bankruptcy Court in Denver, Shanann and Chris Watts reported their two savings accounts contained just $3.51 and $6. Their checking account contained little more than $860. Then on July 17, 2015, Sinead and Chris welcomed their second daughter, Celeste Catherine Cece, into the family. You want
1: that? Come here. Will you bring you that? Will yeah. no, me you me bring me Cece?
0: That year was a struggle for the growing young family, but they stuck together. And soon, things turned around for the Watts family. After about two years at Longmont Ford, Chris quit his job to start as an operator at Anadarko in January 2015. Shanann started working for Lavelle, a multi-level marketing company that sells health supplements and weight loss patches under the brand name Thrive. Shanann and Chris Watts were finally turning things around. I found a lot of Shanann's posts to be pretty inspiring. I realized her job was marketing and she was just doing her job well, but her perspectives and attitude was inspiring. We all know how hard it can be to find yourself in a position in life where you just can't get a break, but she did it. She did it by herself with her positive attitude and drive to succeed. As I've already mentioned, she was very active on Facebook. And when she wasn't posting videos of her family, most of her posts were about her increasing success with the new job, which even gave her a Lexus for her skill at selling products.
1: So, you know, sometimes we have to reassess, like reassess in our life. like sometimes we feel like life's attacking us and when we do we have to we have to sit back and and look at the big picture and it may not be something right away and maybe if it's happening to you right now you may not see the big picture you may not see it until six months down the road or what the connection is but when you do it's going to all make sense it's all going to click And you're like why was i beating myself up for something no reason at all like no reason at
0: all the watts family was moving forward and the hard times were behind them they were making a home for themselves and Frederick. The years moved forward, and life was great for the growing family. Then on June 11th, 2018, Shanann posted a video on Facebook. As the camera focuses, you see Shanann standing in her kitchen. Oops, we did it again, emblazoned onto her t-shirt. That's when Chris walked in.
4: We did it again. <laughs> I like that shirt.
0: Really? Really. The reaction was odd. That's awesome. Chris didn't seem to be very excited. In fact, he kind of seemed overwhelmed.
4: So pink means...
1: That's just the test.
4: I know. It just says the pink is going to be girls?
1: I don't know. Just
4: the test. That's awesome.
0: His mouth says wow, but his eyes say different. If you compare this video announcement to when he found out Shanae was pregnant with their first daughter, it's a world apart. Things just seemed off, and Shanann could tell. She confided in friends and poured her heart out to them, but it wouldn't help the situation. Chris Watt was becoming a different person altogether. A few days later, Shanann uploaded another video. After watching this video more than once, I wondered if Bella made up the song all by herself, or was she coached? I don't know everything that was going on behind the scenes, but maybe Shanann already feared she was losing Chris, and trying to pull out all the steps to save their marriage. Hey guys, before the show I'd like to take a minute to talk to all of you fellow podcasters out there about Podcorn. And even though this is a paid sponsorship, i tell you about them even if it wasn't. Making a podcast can be hard, and when you finally do make one, monetizing that podcast could be even harder well that's what i thought too and then i found podcorn podcorn is basically a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host read ads interview segments topical discussions and more and the best part is that with podcorn there's no middleman and anybody no matter what size your audience is can browse choose an opportunity set your own rate and start making money you won't need to give away the rights to your podcast, and the team at Podcorn is pretty incredible. Just reach out to them, and they're happy to help you with anything. Believe me, I know this from personal experience. Just click the link in my show notes and see for yourself how Podcorn can help your podcast too. That same day, Chris Watts added a new contact into his phone.
3: Do you mind talk a little bit more about Nicole? Walk me through it because that was one of the things we never really got to ask you about.
2: Right, Um, we didn't. We just kind of
3: skipped on and talked about where the girls
4: were. So what happened there? So it was probably around, probably June first or something. That's when I first met her, and um, it was just like a work conversation. She messed with the gas meters that you know we out in the field, and I was messing up. And then I took it to her like, hey, what's going on with this? Like, how do I fix it? And you know, after that. You know, we just ran into each other a few times in the office, and I think it was probably the fourth time meeting. Um, she had asked me because, like, when I, we were talking back and forth, I would say, uh, you know, like we moved here from Colorado or from North Carolina stuff like that. And then uh, she was like, "What's all this weed stuff?" So i come, like, "God!" Oh, took out my phone and showed her a picture. Like, my uh, girl's on the phone. And it's like, "Oh, okay." She's like, i like, "Yeah." But, you know, I don't wear I didn't wear a ring at work because like, I got some officer to get refitted. After i lost all that weight. So, but um, so after that she left me alone for a couple of days, and she texted me outside in the field, and then after that we just kept texting back and forth, and it was just you know, just like, you know, one day it just kind of went to a different, different level. And Nicole
0: Kessinger would play an important role in helping to understand why this tragedy occurred. She would eventually come forward to authorities with information about the relationship, and say that she herself had been tricked into thinking his marriage was all but formally over. And at the time, her statements made sense and she appeared to be just another victim in this story. But the conflicting statements were just too hard to ignore. As the agents stated themselves, those three days in August went by way too fast for them to really digest what was happening. On June 20th, Chris missed Shanann's first ultrasound, telling her he couldn't make it because he was running from tornadoes. He sent Shanann pictures of actual tornadoes off in the distance in what looked like an oil field. Two days later, on June 22nd, Shanann and Chris traveled to San Diego for a weekend to attend a Thrive convention. Not long after they returned, on June 27th, Shanann and her daughters flew to North Carolina where they were visiting family. On July 7th, 2018, Kessinger called Chris and the two spoke for about two minutes. This was the first recorded call between the two. Later that day, Chris's phone connected to a router at Rusty Bucker Restaurant And again later, his phone would connect to a different router at the Crushed Red restaurant. When Shanann asked him why he didn't call the night before, he texted her. I'm sorry, boo. I fell asleep as soon as I got home. That heat killed me yesterday. I love you so much. The next day, July 9th, 2018, would be known as Nutgate.
4: Nutgate. What's that? Oh, the peanut? Different. The peanut? Oh,
3: yeah. The or oh, with uh, her family? Yeah. yeah, yeah
1: pistachio yeah. ice cream yeah. or
3: whatever. Else. Yeah, they, people, that my, they
1: call it, no, I haven't heard that.
3: So. I haven't heard that. I guess
4: yeah, what people are calling it. Okay. But uh, that was like another out. Like, you know, maybe I could have just, like, stopped everything with Nikki and just kind of concentrated on helping, like, whatever happened there. Because, okay. like, Shannon had a story my mom had a story. Like, I whatever happened. I've probably asked my... 10-year-old nephew probably could tell me what actually happened.
3: Well, and they both have their feelings for good reasons, and they both didn't see it the other person's way. And
4: yeah. And, like, maybe I... Because I, I didn't talk to my parents from then on until, like, August 6th. And, like, you know, my dad took that whole week off. You wow. didn't talk to your
3: parents from then on? Yeah.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, because, like, my Jeanette was like, do not talk to them, do not call them, do not do anything. Is that what she said? Yeah. And, the, uh, uh Cece's birthday was the seventeenth, but I think the actual birthday party was like a couple days after. In August. In July. In July. Yeah. And um, like my my mom or my dad was gonna go. But then there was like a post on Facebook about, you know, allergies and stuff like that she hadn't made and my dad was like, No, nah, I just can't can't do it anymore. Just because
3: like, he per- he perceived that as her taking a shot type thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah.
4: Like she always says she never, you know, put those posts uh, directed at anybody, but I didn't she, she had a if you read him, you know who was yeah. talking about. She had a method in the <coughs> madness.
0: and you, know, you can see it. Shanane discussed how Watt's mother gave Celeste ice cream, with nuts in the ingredients, and told Chris, You should call your dad and tell him you do not appreciate your mom putting your daughter at risk today, nor do you like that she teased our girls. You should also say you don't appreciate her saying they have to learn they can't always get what they want. They are two and four. He replied, I will call him and tell him what I think about this. It's not fucking cool at all because it is the kids. I will set this right.
2: Uh, Me and Chris have been uh, best friends for almost 25, 30 years.
0: That was Chris Watts' best friend, Mark Jameson.
2: Um, So I've been uh, in and out of their lives quite a bit over the years. I knew that Shanann and uh, his mom, Cindy, were fighting again, uh, because Cindy had called me and told me that they had started fighting again, and and I kind of was a little upset with Chris because I texted Chris and just let him know, like, hey man, this just got to stop. Like, you know, I'm tired of hearing this. And he reached back and reached back to me and said he understood, he knew what was going on, and he kind of clued me in on uh, him and Shanann are going to separate and get a divorce, and, and that's when I told him, like, well, I'm here if you need to talk, man. And and he said he would reach reach out to me some more, but he never really did after after that.
0: At this point, it looked like everybody was aware that Shanann and Chris were going through big problems and that the relationship is pretty much over. That is, everybody except for Shanann.
2: But then, uh, out of nowhere, Cindy did text me or call me again and say that uh, Chris has decided to separate from Shanann. And then all of a sudden, like, it was Chris, he he was even telling me during the text messages that uh, he had seen the true side of Shanann and that he is done, he doesn't want to be with her
0: anymore. Listening to Mark describe Shanann and Chris' relationship was pretty eye-opening. I'd read plenty of theories about them both, but those were just theories. Mark knew Chris for over twenty-five years and knew him better than anybody. He was as close with the family as anybody would be, and what he described validated what I only hoped with just an online theory and a dirty lie. Uh,
2: I didn't, I didn't ask because I didn't feel like it was my position to dig, but I had assumed that he had seen, because for years his family has always assumed that Shannan has been pretty shady, um, and I'd never really thought, but they all. Had reason to believe that she was very, very, there was something about her. And Chris said he had finally seen whatever. She was very shady. She had a dark past, like, um, I don't know, like sleeping with her old boss, and even while she was seeing Chris, and money issues with her boss. Um, she was just very uh, conniving, and that was what they were telling me. Now, when I, I saw Shanann, I didn't see any of that. Like, she was always uh, very pleasant.
0: The pieces were all coming together. But, as Shanann was in North Carolina, she and Chris were still the happy couple they always were, at least through text and phone calls. The rest of the month of July passed as usual for Chris. He would sleep very little, get up very early, go to work, come home, eat, exercise, and then go to Nicole's. It was a routine he began to enjoy, and soon, even love. Then on July 24th, just after 8 o'clock, Shanann sent this text to Chris. I realized during this trip what's missing in our relationship. It's only one way emotions and feelings. I can't come back like this. I need you to meet me halfway. You don't consider others at all, nor think about others' feelings. He replied that he was sorry and he loves her. Shanann responded, I'll try to give you space, but while you are working and living the bachelor life, I'm carrying our third and fighting with our two kids daily and trying to work and make money. It's not hard texting love and miss you. If you don't mean it, then I get it, but we need to talk. I kept looking at my phone all night and no response from you. Like seriously, we didn't just start dating yesterday. We've been together eight years and have 2.5 kids together. He assured her, again, that everything was fine. He loved her and the girls, and he couldn't wait to see her when he got to North Carolina. A few hours later, just across town, Nicole Kessinger sat down on her bed and opened up Google. The past month her had passed by so fast and she was having a great time. She'd found the love of her life, or just the next fling. Regardless, it was fun and she was ready to see where it could go. Before things even got serious, Chris already told her he was in the process of divorcing his wife. And as far as she knew, he was living in the basement and they were free to do whatever they wanted. But that's when she typed into the search bar a question that would put my theory into motion and would, eventually, leave many people wondering. Did Chris Watts plan this tragedy alone?
1: Thanks for listening to The Watts Tapes. We'll be back next week with a new episode, and you can listen to all the episodes of The Watts Tapes for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as anywhere else you listen to
0: podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a five-star review. It really does help. We'll see you next time. Next week on The Watts Tapes.
3: My name's Nicole, and I'm calling because I'm concerned about um, a friend of mine. Um, I dropped her off at her house at two in the morning last night because we were out of town together, and we were on the way back from the airport. And she's um, having issues, and she's pregnant. And I haven't been able to get a hold of her this morning. And I've gone to her house, and her car is there, and stuff like that. But she won't answer the door. She won't answer phone calls. She won't answer text messages. And I'm just really, really concerned, and she had a doctor's appointment this morning, and she didn't go to it, and I'm just, I don't know what to do. I've called him and talked to him, and he said that she went on a play date with her other two daughters, but, like, if she went on a play date, they're both in car seats. Why would she not take her car? And then I said, like, Chris, can you just come home and check to make sure she's okay? Because the shoes she wears every single day are right inside her door.
0: And he was like, yeah, I'll be there in three minutes. Well, that was 45 minutes ago.